The best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. Welcome back. It is the Razball Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I am beat on, joined by the handsome mustachioed man across from me, Gray Albright. How you doing over there, Gray? Oh, beat on, sweet, sweet beat on. Come on, man, give me, give me more compliments. <laughs> like, <come> on, <laughs> that wasn't beat enough, on. you know. I'm in recovery mode, Gray. Like one compliment is all you're getting today. I'll make up for it next week. When I'm when I'm not in festival recovery mode today, uh, you uh, you hit a uh, you hit a musical festival this weekend, huh? Yes, uh, I did, which means lots of uh, standing in one place and lots of drinking and whatever else was around. So yes, it's a, it's it was a rough uh, rough Monday, you know, just trying to get I'm, the body back to zero. I'm at the age where at the last the last festival concert I went to, I. I think was it Coachella? It was either Coachella or Austin City Limits, and I was like, I basically the entire time I just sat in an air conditioned tent and ate ice cream, <laughs> <laughs> and watched. I watched the concert on the TV. That was it. Was like I sat in a VIP tent on a couch watching the concert on TV. That was my last. That was my last musical festival. I think it was. Uh, it was Outcast. Uh, was I think it was Austin City Limits. Was the uh, Outcast was the headliner. They got they got back together. It's not. It wasn't. It wasn't twenty five years ago. Um, anyway, uh, cool man. Good. I'm I'm happy to hear you're hungover. All right, let's do this. <laughs> yeah, let's jump into it. 
Uh, my cubbies. We finally did something exciting. Matt Mervis got this. Wait, let's do this like Matt Mervis. Yeah. Oh, wait, that, that didn't rhyme. And it was close. <laughs> you know, if you were like Eminem, you probably could have done it. You know, you could have you could have done the right right beats, syllables, but no. It was close enough. I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you. Thanks. Uh, but that, last year, across three levels, he had 309, 379, 606. He had 36 home runs with a couple of stolen bases. This year in AAA, he had 24 games, six home runs, 286, 402, 560. He had a 17% K rate, a 16% walk rate. He's had three games up, and he's hitting 286 so far, Gray. Must add, all formats. Uh, yeah, Matt... So let me uh, let me tell you let me tell you my Matt Merva story. <laughs> so about I don't know maybe it was like two weeks ago, uh, a little bit more maybe at this point. A uh, a Cubs person uh, let me know that Matt Mervis was going to be called up. So I was like, uh, nice, I got the info. <laughs> so so I went and I added Matt Mervis like you know everywhere I could. Um, I think I told the uh, I told the Rasball uh, group chat. I even wrote up a uh, a buy. Uh, you know, he was the lead buy on Rasball that that Friday uh, after I heard. So um, I heard Matt Mervis was getting called up. So I had um, and then in my in my one league, uh, fifteen team mixed league, uh, Yahoo friends and family. I'm in that with uh, you know. Anyway. So uh, I had that nervous, and I really and I had Will Myers as my first baseman, who's been awful. So obviously, I needed Matt Mervis. Um, so the so the day he was called up, what was that Thursday? So that morning on Thursday, I was like, this was already like a good ten days after I heard Matt Mervis was getting called up. So I was like, at this point, I was like. Ah, my Cubs insider doesn't know what they're talking about. <laughs> what, what a bunch of, like, what, what are you doing, man? You playing me for a fool? Like, what's that all about? Who, who are you trying to make Gray Albright look like an idiot? Because that ain't going to happen here. <laughs> so uh, so with that, that morning, I took Matt Mervis, and I was like, it dropped to waivers for Jake Bowers. Huh? <laughs> Uh, and then he, he was called up literally like an hour later. <laughs> like it was like it, it may not even been an hour. It was really painful. Oh my god! I was so then I dropped. <laughs> so then despite despite myself, I dropped Jake Bowers and picked up uh, Christian Garcia Strand. <laughs> <laughs> who we'll talk about in a second. Um, anyway, so uh, Matt Mervis. Let's see. So, like to me. He feels like the prototypical corner man, uh, like 25 to 30 homers, no speed whatsoever, uh, solid, like decent contact. Like right now, his, like as we record this, his strikeouts are out of control, but that's, you know, that's a small sample size. It's only been three games. So, like, he's like probably a, I want to say, he was a 17% strikeout rate guy in uh, AAA, but I want to say probably in the majors, like roughly 23 to 26% probably hits like, you know, 245 to 255. So we're like, you know, I mean, at this point, 
I would love to get that from Jose Abreu. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if we're ever going to get anything from Jose Abreu. But, like, that's kind of what I see. Like, Matt Mervis and Jose Abreu are probably about equal from this point forward for this year. And Matt Mervis, honestly, I think Matt Mervis I would probably prefer at this point because Jose Abreu has been so awful. But, I mean, I have – I still actually have faith in Jose Abreu turning his season around. Um, anyway, I think Matt Mervis is like, you know, like think of like where you took Nate Lowe in uh, the preseason, like around there, like a 25. Think of a, a 25 to 28 homer guy who's going to hit 250 plus, uh, you know, over the course of 162 games. So you take off like, you know, the uh, the month plus that we've already lost. So you're looking at like maybe a 22 homer, 250 hitter the rest of the way with no speed. But that's totally I mean, that's rosterable in all leagues. I like Matt Mervis a lot. I think he's probably I want to say at this point, I would say probably uh, top 15 first baseman, maybe. Uh, 17, 15 to 17, somewhere in that range for uh, the uh, first baseman. But there's upside, like I said. So that could be maybe top 7 to 10, 7 to 12 top, uh, top first baseman. So, yeah, I mean, I think he's definitely grab him if he's out there. I'm sure at this point he's been picked up by uh, someone in your league, if not yourself, um, like Matt Mervis was picked up in my league where I dropped him. <laughs> Immediately, oh immediately picked up. <laughs> so dumb, man. I mean, I, honestly, I'm a really stupid person. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, definitely. I, I like Matt Mervis. I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, what, what's your thoughts? I mean, I'm, I'm biased as hell, so take this for what it's worth. But, yeah, I think he, he pretty much goes into the top, I'd say, 12 first baseman for me. Like, there's, I guess it's tr- probably between, like, him... And maybe like Vinny P, who, you know, we had from the start of the season, we have a little bit more track record with yeah, that's what to actually, expect. I like that comp. Vinny P is a good comp. I think Vinny P and, and Nate Lowe, they were drafted yeah. around, like within like a round of each other. So, yeah, I, I could see that. Sorry, go ahead. No, I think that's pretty much all I had to say. I think Mervis has more power. I think Vinny P's hit tool is a little bit better. But I, Mervis isn't. Like absent a hit tool, he's not just a, you know, three true outcome type of guy. You know, he has the ability to hit for some averages. You know, a two fifty five average from a rookie is is a pretty solid average from a rookie hitter, typically speaking. And then again, that comes with the upside of him potentially getting, I'd say two seventy two seventy five if if things kind of go right and he, he adjusts fairly quickly into the majors like that that's not out of the realm of of possibility so yeah i i think he falls into that back in you know first base 12 to 14 range where with upside but maybe not as secure as some of the other options out there but as you mentioned you also picked up christian Encarnacio strand because you dropped matt mervis for some ridiculous <laughs> reason now, I haven't heard anything on Strand. I asked you before. You said you hadn't necessarily heard anything either. So this is, you know, he was part of the Tyler Maley trade last year across high A and double A for Cincinnati and Minnesota last year. He had 304, 368, 587. He had 32 home runs, eight stolen bases. This year in triple A and, and why he's on this is he's hitting, he's hitting 404, 
433, 807, seven home runs with a 21.7% K rate. He's not walking because he's just hitting everything right now, Gray. I mean, he. I feel like he has to get called up, but at the same time, it's the Reds, and the Reds might stick him down. Like, they could call up him, and they could call up Ellie any day, or they could wait until mid-June. Yeah, well, I think uh, you, you mentioned Ellie. I think Ellie De La Cruz is further away. I think he's. I think he's probably sub- a September call up, if that. Um, but anyway, so uh, yeah, I mean, like you said, I don't. I don't know when Christian and Carson Strand is coming up. I assume he's coming up soon because, like, <laughs> I mean, his numbers are ridiculous. <laughs> he's got like you know. I mean, it, it, CES is also a uh, electronics trade show and he's got video game numbers. I mean, it's just like, it's insane. Like what he's hitting right now. Um, I actually, I just Googled uh, where he was born uh, to see if he was a, uh, an Island baby because he's, you know, his walk rate is so absurdly low, like 1.7% walk rate as of right this second. Um, but it's so absurdly low. I thought maybe he was like, you know, that stereotypical, um, you know, like the uh, uh, the Vlad Guerreros of the world, like, yeah. you know, swing at everything. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he was born in Walnut Creek, California. So <laughs> that's not that's not the case at all. Um, yeah, I mean, his actually, you know, going to the walk rate, I, I think there there could be a chance where like he potentially bottoms out a little bit like I I do worry that you know he could get called up and hit like 220 or lower I mean I I could see that potentially happening Uh, on the other hand like Cincy is one of the best parks you know obviously Cincy's a great park to hit in especially for power uh he's got immense power like he I could see him hitting, you know, I said Mervis was probably 22 homers the rest of the way. I could see if Strand were called up today, I could see him hitting 30 homers the rest of the way. Like he has crazy power. Like he could potentially hit like, you know, and 30 homers the rest of the way is a ton of homers. Like that's like, that's like basically calling him a 40 homer hitter. Like that's a ton of homers. So yeah, I mean, I could see him, potentially you know at least 25 homers like the rest of the way like you know like and and that's like being i think realistic like his power is crazy like he could probably you know he could probably do like a five to five to seven homer month like each month of the season the problem is the walks like i said so do the k's go up in the majors likely his Babbitt's probably going to come down. His Babbitt right now in the minor leagues is insane. It's at 432 Babbitt. Um, yeah, I I love Strand though. I mean, I definitely I'm I'm stashing him in a couple leagues right now. I feel like, you know, he's 23 years old. He feels like he's ready. He's ready to come up. I I hear what you're saying with the Reds. Like, you know, when you know when do they when do they need him? Never. <laughs> they don't they don't they don't need them because they're not going anywhere. When do they call him up? I I mean, what are they doing? Like at worst, I think he's up 
July when Will Myers is traded for like a, a prospect or something at best, I think he could get called. I think he get called up within a week because like what's Spencer Steer doing really? I mean, and Will Myers, like I mentioned, he's been terrible. So like you know, I don't see any reason why they should hold him down because you know I think he's unlike. De La Cruz, I think De La Cruz, like I mentioned, is a little bit further away because, you know, I, I mean, I just, I, he's younger. He's 21 versus Strand's 23. Uh, Strand feels like he's just, you know, like if they're not calling him up soon, what are they doing? Like, there's no reason. Like, he's sort of like in the same boat as like uh, Matt Mervis, where it's like, why keep him down? There's no point in keeping Strand in the minors. Like, you're like, there's no longer that whole like service time thing. Like, as we see with like prospects getting called up all the time, the service time isn't really an issue anymore. I think, you know, at worst, like I said, July when someone's traded. For a prospect, at best, he could get called up by this by this podcast next week. You know, yeah, I think it involves Steer potentially moving somewhere, and I don't know where that is because I feel like they want to let him play too. I mean, Steer's also like in his first full season. Got to give him some run as well if you're gonna you know see if he's he's anything. So I think that's maybe the hesitation. Uh, I, I'm with what you on Will Wires. Like, he doesn't necessarily need a spot. But Steer's been starting at first base with Sinzel at third primarily. Sinzel could move back out to the outfield, just boot Will Myers out completely. Or, or you know, there's all sorts of ways you can get Sinzel in, too. By the, by the way, what happened? Did Joey Votto retire to do TikToks? What, what happened? <laughs> what happened with Joey Votto? <laughs> right? He was he he did exist at one point, right? He was around. I remember him, you know, being a being a thing. Him, I didn't make that name up in my head, right? <laughs> He's an actual person, right? Oh uh, right. yeah. So so like the uh, right now, I'm looking at like the depth charts. So I mean, I'm assuming Votto comes back at some point. So they have Will Myers at right in right field, Steer at first base, and Henry Ramos at DH. I don't even know who Henry Ramos is, to be honest. I don't know. I don't know if that name is made up. So I I think Steer Steer could stay at first. Myers could go to DH. Uh, then they have like Sensei Sensei. Nick Senzel goes to uh, right field, and you know and that strand, that opens strand. strand. Yeah, that strand goes to third, so that opens up strand. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's you know, it's a, it's a little bit up in the air. But like the good thing with Strand and Mervis and a lot of these rookies, um, you know, unlike Taj Bradley, most of them are going to get called up, and they're. They're here to stay, you know. Unlike like Gavin Stone, who you know, they Dodgers had a stacked. They Dodgers not stacked, but the Dodgers have five pitchers, and Gavin Stone didn't look good in his first start. But you know, like with position players, at least for the most part, they're going to get called up. They're going to play. So yeah, I mean, I'm stashing Strand. I like him a lot. I you know, I I might be. Telling me, uh, telling myself that because I dropped Matt Mervis <laughs> twenty minutes before he was called up. But yeah, no, I mean Strands hit the last two years. There's no reason to not think he shouldn't get a call up, and that 
he would continue to to hit. As you mentioned, the walk rate is, is very low this year. He's taken one walk. But it's also only been like 13 games for him. So in 13 games, one walk. If he takes three walks, all of a sudden that number is like 9%. And you're like, oh, he's fine. So it is what it is in regards to the walk rate itself. But he's not somebody who's going to walk a lot. He's never been above a 10% walk rate. Like he's he's always been a sub 10% walk rate guy across the, the minors. But again, he's... He's 23, but he's only spent two years in the minors. I mean, he's he's kind of flown up through it because he just he just hits and you know going 400, 400, 800 out of the gate is is a nice way to to say it's it's time for me to be be called up. Somebody who has been called up and then sent back down, called up, injured, and then sent back down, and then sent back down again, and then injured again is Alex Kirilov. He's back up, Gray. Uh, he had the wrist surgery last August, and in 10 games at AAA this year, he has three home runs, two stolen bases, and he was three, hitting 316, 435, 605. We know Alex Kirilov is, is way too good for AAA. Is he good enough that you're picking up across the board in your your, your leagues? Man, he's so, he's so tough because, like, I I love you love I love Alex Carroll. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I love him too, man. Like it's like he he should have been like a 30 homer 285 plus average guy. Like he should have been that. Now with the wrist though and it's um it's like you know, he had he had the surgery as you mentioned. It's like almost 2 years to the day since he injured himself, since he injured his wrist. And even before that, there was, like, concern about the wrist. So it was, like, there was concern, and then he injured it. Yeah, I mean, I would pick him up. Uh, you know, he says his wrist is fine, but I, I think we might have heard that before. <laughs> I think we've heard that his wrist is good, you know, and it's going on, like, over almost it's two years now that he's just been – such a mess, unfortunately, because it's like, you know, risks. I don't know, man. I, I, you know, I like him. I do. He's now, what's he, 25 years old? <sighs> like, I mean, you know, like, it's like, yeah, I mean, he's still got. It's sad, too, because I feel like he probably knows how good he can be. And he knows he's like not a hundred percent, but he wants to. You know, he's like, what? What else are you gonna do? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I, I like him though. I just, you know, I worry that the wrist is just not good for you know for his career, unfortunately. But we'll see. I guess I don't know. What's your take? I know you love him. Go ahead. <laughs> I do. No, I mean, you pretty much said everything. I love him. He's always had a great eye. He's always had, you know an amazing hit tool plus the power on top of it. He should be, you know, George Springer with average, but he's, he's always hurt. So maybe he is George Springer, just, you know, less, uh, even less time on the playing field. I, I am worried about the power a little bit. He's hit three home runs in 10 games in triple a, but again, that's triple a with a guy who's, who's been in the majors enough time. Like he's been up and down from the majors since he was 23, He's now 25, so that's you know three seasons, give or take, up and down from the majors. He knows 
he, he can hit AAA pitching. So we'll see if it translates to power at the, you know, MLB level. I would say with his, generally speaking, he's going to have dual eligibility, first base outfield. So with the dual eligibility and the fact of his upside of being a 280, 20, 25 home run the rest of the way type of guy, I think he's, he's somebody I, I would pick up everywhere. Um, but yeah, just monitor and see how, you know, the numbers start looking as as we get more num- more hits from him because right now it's all small sample size to really rattle off any kind of hard hit or or barrels or anything like that. So we'll monitor it, but yes, I would pick him up, absolutely. Emmanuel Valdez, part of the Christian Vasquez trade, and in 11 games this year, the second baseman for Boston has hit 324, 342, 486. Everybody who Boston has tried to play at second base has gotten hurt this season. So is is Emmanuel Valdez real? Where where did he come from, Gray? Uh, I mean, he had a, he had a solid triple A, double A, triple A season last year. Yeah, I he looks a little bit like probably better in real life than for fantasy because like he doesn't really have huge power. He has like next to no speed. Uh, even though he's stolen three bags as of uh, the recording of this, which is, you know, interesting because he's not really known for his speed at all. Um, I, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I like, you know, the Fenway is a great park for uh, Babbitt. Uh, and it's just a good park in general for average. You know, that's why even with like, uh, you know, other guys like, you know, as bad as Justin Turner uh, looked or, you know, has had been like, I kind of liked him with, you know, the wall in Fenway adds like, you know, 20, it adds like uh, 20 points in average. Like, uh, you know, it's like, Instead of a, a camera adding 20 pounds, the wall adds 20 points. It's just, <laughs> it's so, I mean, it's so good for any hitter, uh, you know, righty or lefty, um, you know, obviously better for righties, but, you know, lefties, if they go the opposite way. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I like him, like, in deeper leagues. I, I can't get behind him yet in shallower leagues. I feel like he kind of, you know... I mean, the Red Sox, I was saying this on the um, on the site the other day, like the Red Sox haven't really developed anyone since like Devers six years ago. <laughs> like they've been like, <laughs> the Red Sox have been terrible. Like, I mean, they like, you know, Tanner Hulk supposedly is going to be something. Whitlock was supposed to be something. Um, Dahlback was supposed to be something. Tristan uh, Cassis, uh, Cassis, uh, Cassis, uh, Cassis, Cassis. <laughs> Queso, <laughs> yum. <laughs> is is that jalapeno cheddar? Thank you. I like that in my mouth. Uh, yeah, I mean, Valdez looks like he's at this point just like a hot bat that you pick up in every league to see if he can continue. But I don't think he's going to continue, to be honest. I mean, he looks like he looks pretty flat, like looking at his numbers. Um, I don't know. You, what's your take? You know, I, I pretty much feel the same, except, like, he hit 28 home runs. He had eight stolen bases and AAA. I don't want to ignore the fact that he did that because it's still not nothing to go 28-8-300 across two levels in, in a season. Like, that's that's definitely not nothing. But just looking at 
the stats, looking at him like the spray chart on him. He's a he's a switch hitter, but they've only started him as a lefty versus righty so far. So it seems like he's maybe a switch hitter that they're they're deciding he's not a switch hitter anymore. <laughs> he's only going to swing from the left-handed side. He's gotten a few off the wall. Like I, I think it's a little bit of, of just him being very lucky right off the bat in regards to you know the average and and just he's just putting a, a guy I think puts the ball in play. I don't think he flips that many out. Maybe he pulls a few down the line, but he really doesn't look like a power pull hitter. It, it seems like it's more like it would be to center or, or left field if he was a power hitter, and both of those aren't great for what he does because if he goes oppo, go, to go oppo in and up over the wall is pretty pretty demanding, I would say, for a guy that, again, I don't think he has Yeah, he's not. Top he's, not David, he's not David Ortiz. Right, <laughs> right. so let's... I think it's it's average. I think you can pick him up for that. Second base, middle infield has been just hit with injuries, so I get it. If you're just grabbing him and running him out there while while he's hot and the, and the BABIP's good. I mean, I think the Red Sox, have they haven't moved him up the, the order at all, so I think that tells you what they think, with given the fact that like they could use all the help up top in their lineup that they could get right now. I, I think that tells you it, it's okay, like, they're still running out Yoshido and, and Turner up there. Um, Duran's moving his way up. I'm actually more interested in him if we're looking at, like, Boston Red Sox guys who might be on the wire. Yeah. Well, Yoshida's He's been, probably gone already. Yeah, I just want to correct you. Yoshida's been great. <laughs> let's, not, let's not say anything bad about it. Actually, Verdugo's been awesome. Like, Verdugo's yeah, been Verdugo's been great. Uh, it was really uh, Justin Turner. Seeing Justin Turner still sitting... In the middle Just, of the lineup, Justin feels Turner weird. has not been great. Yeah, that feels that feels really off. Yeah, and he's. Just, uh, uh, I mean, he's basically like Justin Turner right now is hitting uh, two sixty five with a two ninety eight Babbitt. Um, in any other park, that is probably two thirty with a two sixty Babbitt. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I mean, uh, honestly, that's probably is. As good as I mean, the park is really keeping Justin Turner even from just totally bottom out. Um, anyway, I don't know why we're talking about. Justin. Yeah, we can we can move on. Just he he's not important. Uh, moving on, Bryce Miller crossed three levels last year. A he had one started low A high A so high A double A. He had one three one six ERA, one oh four WHIP, hundred and thirty three hundred and thirty three innings, thirty percent K rate, a sub ten percent walk rate at all the stops. The K's kind of down this year, but the walk's also down, which is a nice kind of balance. But in two starts this last week, he had 12 innings, one in run, 15 Ks, one walk. So he showed both the strikeouts and the fact that the walks are down. Are you interested in Bryce Miller, Gray? Uh, yes, but apparently not as much as everyone else because he went for a ton <laughs> in fab. Like, it was like, oh, Oh, I guess people like Bryce Miller. <laughs> I misread that one because, like, I mean, I bid. I want to say I bid like this is out of a thousand. I want to say I bid like maybe in the sixties. I mean, that wasn't even close. I was like, I mean, people are bidding over three hundred dollars out of a thousand. That's a ton for Bryce Miller. I mean, I like him. I did not like him that much. <laughs> I. I honestly, I mean, I thought, like, he was a little bit based on, um, uh, I was just looking at his, uh, his upcoming matchups aren't bad. He gets the, uh, it looks like he gets 
the Tigers. Um, anyway, yeah, I mean, I thought like we were, you know, Oakland was his first start. So, uh, you know, that's obviously a great matchup. And then he looked okay versus the Astros. I mean, he didn't look bad. Don't get me wrong. But it was like, you know, six innings, five Ks. Like, that's that's not bad. But it's not versus Oakland, obviously. And like I said, he's going to get the Tigers. So people are going to be like, you know, after he goes against the Tigers and gets another, you know, six inning, nine Ks, people are going to be like, wow, this guy's, you know, the real deal. Um, and, you know, he might be to a certain extent. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, you know, uh, what should we call it? Seattle's a great park, so there's he has that going for him. If he's able to keep his com- like his command was always the issue, and like you mentioned, his command's been you know fantastic this year. So if he is able to command his pitches, and he can get like you know a even a nine caper nine, but probably closer to a ten. Yeah, I mean that's definitely good numbers. <laughs> yeah. I mean he 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 will. I mean that will be good if he can do that. I you know I mean not to you know completely state the obvious but the Astros haven't been good this year (laughs) they've been like you know pretty bad actually compared to where they used to be um you know Bregman is like hitting what like 180 I mean it's like they're they're a mess um so he's actually Bregman's hitting 195 but anyway the Astros are a mess Oakland's awful I, the Tigers are going to be bad. I kind of want to see Bryce Miller go against a good team who will actually take a pitch and see where that, you know, lands Bryce Miller. But, you know, on the other hand, what good teams are there? That I mean, there's a plenty of bad teams <laughs> that you can, you know, at worst case scenario, you could just play matchups if, you know, if it comes down to it. So, you know, and that's like, and when I say matchups, I mean like, you know, starting him like 95% of the time and only taking him out against like maybe away game in Toronto or something. If, if he even is, if the Mar, if the Mariners even go there, I mean, I don't even know. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I wouldn't have, I was just surprised by how uh, like the fab betting on him was just so crazy. You know, it didn't hurt that he had, like, a great Sunday start. So, you know, that I understood. But, like, he went for more than Matt Mervis in my league. And, you know, Matt Mervis, like, any a position player is always going to be better than a, a hitter. I mean, excuse me, a pitcher. Like, uh, you know, because they play, like, six to seven games a week versus, you know, the one start a week. Um but, yeah, I mean, I, I guess it depends on what people need. Anyway, long story short, I like Bryce Miller. I didn't like him as much as he went for in Fab, but, I mean, I could kind of see him being, like, you know, maybe on the level of, like, a uh, Tanner uh, Bibby, uh, maybe, like, Logan Allen. Who else is who else is doing well? Um, you know, if Taj Bradley ever comes back. Yeah, I mean, I guess he uh, Mason Miller – uh, yeah, I mean, I guess maybe Bryce Miller could be in that whole, uh, you know, that that range of great rookie pitchers. But rookie pitchers are also super fickle, man. Just when you think they're good, you know, 
a Grayson Rodriguez comes along and is like, oh, <laughs> ow, what is that? Wait, what? what? What's happening here? Or Gavin Stone or Brandon Fat. <laughs> Fat. I pronounce the P, uh, but you just it's you just can't hear it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, I don't know. What's your take? No, I mean, I, I'd say that in regards to all rookie pitchers, you're correct. There's always going to be some volatility. Just It's just the way that they, they have to figure out the league. The league figures them out, and, and there's just a game until, you know, they kind of settle in as the person they are. Anybody with a 30% K rate upside who has also already kind of shown it in his two starts, as you mentioned, opponent's not great, but you get, you get the opponents that you face. So... I think just the K rate alone is enough for me to grab him and take the speculative pickup in all leagues. We are top, talking about a guy who is, you know, a top 100 prospect. Now, top 100 is certainly different different than like top 20, top 10, like, and then there's like the, the elite that is usually a few. There's a few of those guys at any given time, but it's still, you know, he still has enough pedigree. And anybody throwing 96 miles per hour with a 30% K rate is, is on my radar and I'm, I'm happy to add them. I don't think I would have spent 35% of my fab budget on it, but I'd say 10 to 20%. What's your, what's your, uh, Mervis or, uh, Miller? I pretty much have corner infield locked down in a lot of my league, so I'm probably going there after Miller because of my needs on my team. Uh, I, I mean, I, you a, and I are in both a, in, a, in a vacuum. I'm not yeah, no, Mervis, Mervis. Like it's, it's Mervis. If, yeah. if okay. you're just talking yeah. about prioritizing, like yeah. if I was writing writing the Fab article this week, it'd, Mar- it'd be Marvis would be one, and then yeah. Bryce Miller would probably be like four, five, some somewhere in that range. Like he wouldn't even be the second guy, probably. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what that was my sort of feeling on it too, because like in most leagues, and I'm talking about a 15 team mixed league when I talk about the Fab. Uh, I mean, in in most of those leagues. You can always find like the Drew Smiley's who have like a good two start matchup or something. So it's like, you know, I mean, you know, Smiley didn't look great on Saturday, but <laughs> even with that said, no, no I mean, pitcher still, has really looked great every start. Well, I mean, not no pitcher, no, but there's a lot no of pitchers who have had a rough outing here and there. Yeah, no, completely. But like in those <laughs> leagues, like you can find the random like start of the week like, yeah. that you can bid like 12 dollars out of a thousand and get them you know yeah you put in your you put in whatever you're willing to eat on 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 the bryce miller shot that he's you know good and he stakes the rotation and and everything like that and then you like you said you make a nominal bid a dollar or two if you're in a hundred or like 10 to 15 if you're in you know a thousand dollar fab on the, the streaming guys and you take what you can yeah exactly okay moving on moving on michael garcia uh, for the Royals across Double A, Triple A last year, he had 285, 359, 427. He had 11 home runs and 39 stolen bases. He's gotten the call up so far in six games. He's hitting 348. He has two stolen bases. He's not striking out or walking at all. Gray. He's a, he's at a 3.8 percent on both of them so far. He has one of each. Where are you at on on Michael Garcia? The Royals. I'm sorry. The Royals. Uh, I guess left side fielder. Uh, yeah, they're. Uh, I think he's uh, playing third is right he's now. Playing third he's, right now for him. 
Yeah, um, I think because uh, yeah, Nikki. I think Nikki Lopez is uh, appendix. It's interesting he had his appendix removed because Nikki Lopez is kind of like an appendix to the Royals lineup as well. <laughs> Just the 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 useless removal. Uh, I think you know I mentioned Lopez. I, I if Mikel if Mikel Garcia hits as well as he has been. I mean, I think he's going to take the job and, you know, have it for the rest of the year. I, I don't see him getting replaced by, you know, anyone coming back from uh, IL, whether it's Nicky Lopez or anyone else. Um, with that said, yeah, I mean, I think he's like, he's probably, he could be like a 15 to 20 steal guy, uh, Mikel Garcia, that is. I don't know if he's going to really – I mean, he could potentially hit for a good average. Like, he has in the past. Triple A, he didn't hit for a great average this year, but that was a small sample. He's hit for a good average in the past. Like, he could potentially hit 270 or higher with 15 to 20 steals. He looks like super lightweight power guy. Like, very – like, no power at all. Like, he's – according to – fan graphs he's 145 pounds <laughs> so i guess i'm and he's six feet tall wow he's super skinny uh yeah i mean i weigh i weigh more than Mikel garcia <laughs> he's the bat version yeah. of uh <laughs> yeah. i mean i i've had actually i've had boba drinks that have weighed more than Mikel garcia uh yeah i mean he is like he's is he D Gordon without speed? I mean, he's got some speed, but he doesn't have like, you know, crazy speed. I mean, he's, he looks fine. Like for a fill in for a, uh, you know, if you really need a, uh, uh, if you really need speed, like I could see grabbing him and potentially like he could like potentially hit 270 plus, so there's that, like maybe 15 to 20 steals, 15, uh, like, yeah, I mean, 15 feels like, honestly, that feels kind of high, potentially. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Like, you never know with the, with everyone running in, uh, you know, this season with the uh, limited, uh, limited pickoffs, blah, blah, blah. I mean, it could, he could potentially steal 20 plus, maybe. I, I would be shocked if he hit one home run. <laughs> like, he looks like really like no power. Um, maybe 260, 270. Yeah. I mean, he seems okay. I can't get that excited about him, to be honest, because, like, you know, if you need speed, you grab him, and that's fine. But there's, like, in shallower leagues, you can't really carry a guy like Mikel, uh, Mikel uh, Garcia. You could, like in a 15-team mixed league maybe and deeper, sure. In an AO only, absolutely. But in like a 12-team mixed league, you can't. Like you pick him up maybe for a, de- for a game or two if you're looking to like vulture a steal. But you can't really carry a guy like Mikel uh, Garcia. Yeah, I agree. And especially since he's he's sitting at the bottom of a – not spectacular lineup as well. So all that kind of adds up to, like you said, stream them if you need speed, grab them in deeper leagues. But that's that's about the extent of interest in Garcia. He's he's just, I mean, you said he's like he's he's okay. Like he could hit, he could hit for an okay average. He could have 
you know, okay speed given the, the changes and the way people are running. Really no power. Like, he might have a couple of home runs in the right parks if if that happens. And that's that's about all we would expect there. Moving on, Ezekiel Duran. He's just, he's staying hot. He's hitting well so far. Uh, Corey Seager's coming back at some point. 26 games this year, though. He's hitting 318, 348, 506. He has four home runs, two stolen bases. Last year, he came up for 58 games. He hit 236, five home runs, four stolen bases. He had 316 home runs, 14 stolen bases in the minors last year. Looking at this kind of sum of numbers, it looks like a guy who's kind of gotten more comfortable at the major league level. He's producing right now for sure. Does you think he stays and has a job when Corey Seager eventually returns? Yeah, I mean, that's probably going to be the, uh, the the biggest problem with him is whether or not he's going to continue playing. I think if he's hitting as well as he is right now, then Seager comes back, takes back shortstop, and Duran just moves to DH. Or he's actually he's played left field some. So, like, Travis uh, Jankowski right now is – penciled in as the left fielder and luckily they're using pencil because they should they should turn the pencil over and erase him uh i think uh, ezekiel duran is likely not this good uh as far as like average goes like right now he's got a 390 babbitt he's he's fast so i'm not gonna say like he's not crazy fast but he's got speed so I'm not going to say his his Babbitt will totally bottom out, but he's probably closer to like a 315 to 320 Babbitt guy. So that's going to knock his average down to like 250-ish. Uh, he's got good power. He's got good speed. In like 84 career major league games, he's got nine homers and six steals. You know, not to be all Mr. Prorator over here, but – that's a pretty valuable guy if he were to play a full season, like, you know, a 20 homer, 15 steal, 255 guy is got definitely got value in every league. Um, yeah, I like him. I actually, you know, I was surprised because I thought like this was just like a, uh, a hot run by him. And it is somewhat hot. Like, like I said, his bab is going to come down, but I think there's value here. Like he's got, you know, decent, he's got decent speed, decent power. It's not going to be like if he's, if he goes cold, I could see him losing the job. Like, don't get me wrong. Like he's not necessarily like a guy who's going to be, you know, you're going to pick him up and uh, Ron Popel, Ron Popel, Ron Popel, set it and forget it and keep him in the lineup for the, you know, keep him in your fantasy lineup for the rest of the year. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily, if I see that even in like deeper leagues, like I could see him, you know, going cold and getting, you know, dropped or benched in a 15 team mixed league. Like he's not necessarily like, you know, the end all, but he could potentially have good value for, you know, at, at least for the foreseeable future, I think. Yeah, it's it's small sample sizes with only 58 games last year and 26 games this year. But so far, it looks like he's hitting the ball a lot harder this year. So while the BABIP is is high right now, sitting at you know 390, he was a he was a 330 or sorry, he was a 295 BABIP guy last year in the majors in 58 games. 
So maybe it comes somewhere in the middle and he's like a 340, 350 Babbitt guy, which puts him down at like a 260 average, two, somewhere in that range, which is, you know, kind of what you were saying, 260 with 15, 15, 2015 maybe. And I think, like you said, that's a valuable guy. We'll see how the playing time shakes out when Seeker returns, but you got to think if he's hitting hitting well and just the money that Texas is, is committed to older guys, they kind of need to get anybody who's hitting and, and try and get, you know, the, the fan base moving forward with uh, with this money they've spent and just put the guys they're hitting in. Moving on, Bryce Elder, he has been great this year. Uh, is this is this another one in the long line of Atlanta pitchers <laughs> who you won't hey, trust next year? Hold on Ray. a second. I, hold on. Hold on. I got a, uh, I, I'm getting a call from Mike Soroka. Oh my God! Wait, and he's on. He's on a. Uh, uh, oh, he's patching in uh, Tuki Tucson. Wait a wait a minute. We got Kyle Wright on the phone too. Hold on a second. Jar Jar Jens, what are you doing here? <laughs> Bryce Elder, man. I mean, what is with the Braves having one, like, insane breakout every year who then just disappears? <laughs> just, like, it goes up. I mean, the only one who's really been able to break that streak has been Spencer Strider so far. I guess, I guess Max Freed, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's always one guy that just, like, like Bryce Elder – has a what? What's he got? A one seventy four ERA? Oh come on, man! Actually, in my RCL league, in in our RCL league, um, I dropped Bryce Helder. Probably, maybe a starter. That's a twelve team mixed league uh, for people who don't know. But that's, you know, I mean, I I just I, my pitching is so good. I just couldn't hold him anymore. And at some point. He's got to come back to earth, right? I mean, he's so like, I mean, his his peripherals look not good, right? <laughs> Am I crazy here? I mean, not he's not this good, right? He's not. I mean, he has a two nineteen average against. He's got a two sixty eight BABIP. He's got a ninety percent left on base. So yeah, I mean, to some extent, none of that's really really going to hold. But it's also the Braves, and we see this from them every year, Gray. So while I'm, I'm very hesitant to say that this is going to continue, um, I'm, I'm not ruling it out either. I, I think that he's not necessarily somebody that you absolutely must hang on to. I, I think in that league, there's very few of those guys, um, especially if you have some strong starters. You can kind of move guys in and out. But 41 innings of a sub-2 ERA is pretty solid. I would expect he's probably closer to, what, like double that the rest of season? Like closer to a 4 ERA grade, if we're guessing? Yeah, I mean, his I mean his strikeouts and his walks are just so kind of whatever. I mean, maybe, you know, maybe he suppresses his, uh, his Babbitt and his um, homers are loud enough where... You know, he's able to, uh, you know, keep his ERA like in the three and a half to three, six to three, seven ERA range kind of. But I mean, at some point you got to think he's going to like, you know, he's not going to leave as many men on base like that's right now his like I'll buy 
the home run suppression. I'll buy the Babbitt suppression because, you know, if he's keeping the, the ball down, he's, he gets a lot of ground balls. But at some point, those ground balls are going to go through, and the men left on base is not going to stay near 90% men left on base. Yeah, I mean, he just doesn't have the stuff to maintain anything like a 90% left on base rate. Because you'll see that occasionally in stretches from guys, but it's guys who have ridiculous like stuff. Like Spencer Strider, if he had a 90% left on base rate one season, not that surprising because he can just... He can strike people out to get himself out of jams. That's not really what Bryce Elder is doing. Bryce Elder is lucky if he gets to like 91 miles an hour on his on his fastball. So we're looking at a completely different type of pitcher here. You're right. He, I mean, he's done a great job of suppressing the hard contact. He's getting 58% ground balls. I mean, that's when almost two-thirds or just short of two-thirds are, are getting on the ground, that's that's a great way to kind of make sure that you're not giving up home runs. The swinging strike rate is fine. It's nothing special at 10%. So I'm with you. There's going to be some regression here. I don't know that's necessarily coming and you're like right now, and the Braves are a good team to have a pitcher for because they're putting up runs as much as anybody is so I, I think there's worse players that you can be rostering. I think he's probably rostered in every league, other than the ones you're dropping him in. Um, but I would I not committed to holding on to him for for yeah you know, and, to go and, south right. And just uh, to clarify, I dropped him in a 12 team mixed league where I have an ERA of like 2.5. Like my my pitching right now is so insane, and I have. You know, I had no hitter for, you know, it was a short schedule day. And I think Bryce Elder's next couple matchups aren't great. So I was like, you know, I had to move on. But yeah, I mean, I he's probably worth rostering in all leagues until the blow up happens. But I just, I just couldn't field him anymore. Yeah, you're in a very weird space in that one. So that, that's not really... Don't listen to Gray. Don't be dropping him yet. That's not that's not where we're at with him yet. I, I think he's a hold. I mean, if you can sell high on him, then then by all means, sell high on him. But I don't think anybody's necessarily buying Bryce Elder as a sub to ERA guy rest of season. On the opposite side, are we looking at a Lodolo Bilo here, Gray? As uh... <laughs> yeah, Lodolo hold Olo if you have him. <laughs> Huh? Hold Olo or buy Lolo. <laughs> I I think he's like he's probably the the most unlucky pitcher. Like you're basically you're going from the luckiest pitcher with Elder, well maybe not the luckiest, but one of the luckiest, to probably the most unlucky with Lodolo. I mean Lodolo's right now has a six point two nine ERA, and his K is K per nine and walk per nine is 12.3 and 2.6. That's insane. He's got a 435 Babbitt. I mean, he you can't find many guys as unlucky as Lodolo right now. And, I mean, he's not really a, a fly ball pitcher. And he's getting crushed by home runs. Like, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's going to get to, like, you know, because since he is a terrible park, 
So I don't know if he's going to necessarily get to like the the low three ERA on the season that people were hoping for, but he's got to be better than this. He's not bad. He's not a bad pitcher. Like this is insane right now. Yeah, it's 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 been kind of a uh, gross start to the season for him. And I will say the velocity was down for him to start the season. I don't know if that was just him not getting up to speed or what happened with the velocity, but it is ticking up. Like each month he started kind of 92 and a half. It was like 93, 93 and a half last, last month. And now he's finally like his last start. He averaged 94. So I do think, you know, there's better times coming for him as it warms up in Cincinnati as well. That might help with his velocity. Also going to help the ball, leave the ballpark a little bit. But as you mentioned, he's not an overly fly ball pitcher. Um, the ballpark's never going to do him any favors. And the fact that we're back to, you know, a, a bouncier ball, also not doing him any favors. But I'm with you. I don't think he's a 6-3 ERA guy. I would say if I had to guess, I mean, last year, Gray, we were looking at a 3-6-6. I would probably take the over on 3-6-6 rest of season just because, I haven't seen him look as good as he did last season yet, but if he put up another in that range, that that seems the right range. Like three six to three eight seems like the right range of ERA with the Cavs. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I agree. I think he's probably, you know, I think he could have a month or two where he has like a two something ERA, and you know, because his Ks are so good. Yeah, I, I, I like I like the buy low low. Or the whole dolo, <laughs> a <laughs> would, lot. Would you give up any of these pitchers for him? Bryce Miller, who we just talked about. Uh, yeah, I, I think I would actually. I think I would give up Bryce Miller for Lodolo. Um, I definitely would give up Elder. Uh, Bryce Miller is tougher one, but yeah, I would give up Bryce Miller because, like, we could be here next week and be like, oh well. Rookie, you know, rookie pitchers don't trust them. So yeah, I I don't trust rookie pitchers really in general. Mm-hmm. And Bryce Miller, as good as he's looked, he's had easy matchups. Yeah, I would I would go Lodolo. All right, I would I would as well. Just because I think what you want from Bryce Miller is essentially what I expect from Lodolo, and without any innings limits or potentially losing his rotation spot and mixed into that. So. I'm with you there. What about uh, what about Chris Bassett, who we talked about a couple weeks ago, who was well, he's not been performing. No. But yeah, I would go Lodolo over okay. Bassett. Go with the the upside play in in the K's because again, he, he's at least getting K still, which makes you think there's there's a turnaround coming. Yeah, um, and his command hasn't been bad. Like his numbers look good. He's just getting super unlucky. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I was just wondering, since Bassett finally had a good start, if maybe you're starting to turn around on him a little bit. Moving on, Josh Jung. I mean, he had foot surgery last year. That cost him his job where we thought he was going to be starting 31 games this year. He has eight home runs, a stolen base. He is striking out. He's got a 31% K rate, a 6% walk rate. He's hitting 258 through 8, 500. Are we looking at a a 30-plus home run here hit? Hitter here at at third base with Josh Jung. Yeah, I mean, I you know, like I I've been waiting for Josh Jung to break out for like uh, a year plus now. I think uh, was it yeah last preseason he got injured, 
and he lost that year. Uh, and then the year before, I think I was also I was on board the year before. Yeah, I mean, he's got 30 homer power. I think the real uh, the real question is going to be whether or not he can get his strikeouts down a little bit because in the minors his strikeouts are pretty solid and he looked like he could be like a 270 hitter, but right now his strikeouts are over 31 percent and. You know, that could push him to be like a 240-ish hitter. But, yeah, no, I, I like him. I You know, on the site, I can, I said he was probably like uh, Ty France with more power. Uh, so, you know, Ty France hasn't been great so far this year. But in general, that means like, you know, a 270 average. Um, Josh Jung is probably 30 homer you know, 30 homer guy versus Ty France, where he's a 20 homer guy. So, yeah, I mean, so, you know, think about where you drafted, like, Ty France, even though he hasn't been good. So Josh Jung is probably in that, like, you know, like we were saying with Matt Mervis, who's, like, around Nate Lowe, that area, and the Vinny uh, Pascatino. Probably Josh Jung is in that range now where, you know, he could potentially be a 30 homer 250 hitter, which is, you know, not bad. I, I would take Josh Jung in just about, you know, and even in the shallowest of leagues. So, yeah, I, I buy it. I worry a little bit about the average, but not too much. Like right now he's hitting 258. Maybe he's a 245 hitter. So that's not, I mean, that's a difference of like, you know, three or four hits. So that's not really a huge difference. So, yeah, I mean, he's basically – what he's doing right now is basically who I think he is. Yeah, I mean, he's basically on pace to give you a what Corey Seager did last year. Like, essentially, that kind of line, 30 home runs, 240, 250 average. Yeah. Um, and maybe he gets the Ks under control because he's still – you know, he's still figuring it out. Maybe that, that average come up a little bit. But, yeah, I think he's kind of capped out at average right now. 258, I wouldn't expect that to climb really until the, the K rate can come down a bit because he's already smashing the ball. So that's that's not really any anything missing. Let's talk about a few injuries. Eloy, he's out four to six weeks with an appendectomy. They have Gavin Sheets, uh, Hazley, Billy Hamilton filling in in the outfield. And, I mean, could we also potentially see a Oscar Colas recall? He's had five games in AAA, and he's hitting 435 right now. Yeah, I mean, if Colas is, you know, uh, if it's weird because it's like you want to see a guy hit well in the minors, but it's almost like if a guy hits well in the minors right after not doing well in the majors, then it's like, oh, so he's a quad A player, huh? Interesting, <laughs> which is not, I mean, that is not accurate necessarily, but I mean, that's what it feels like when a guy does so poorly in the majors and then goes to the minors and does well. Uh, Eloy, <laughs> Eloy, man, only Eloy could turn an appendectomy into a six-week IL stint. <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised. Did he, on his way to the hospital, did he also, uh, like, pull his hamstring? Like, <laughs> I mean, what's going on, man? Uh, this is this is not a great – like, Gavin Sheets looks fine for a fill-in if you're in a deeper league and you really need a guy. Hazley looks okay in very deep leagues. Like, in a, a 15-team mixed league, I grabbed Hazley for a uh, at, at twelve dollars, I think, out of a thousand. So you know that gives that's like basically a dollar 
uh, throwaway uh, in a 15-team mixed league because I don't even know what Hazley – I don't know what his um, – his bats are going to be like. So I would say it's probably Sheets, Hazley, and then maybe Colas if he comes back. But yeah, right now it's not a great situation. Sheets had a decent game on Sunday, but everyone on the White Sox had a good game on Sunday. So maybe you can grab Sheets and get a uh, you know a hot potato, but uh, there's not much here. Yeah, I would agree. I'm not really interested, and it seems like the only time. Hazley gets playing time is when they want to make Luis Robert feel bad about something. They're like, oh, yeah, we're going to play Hazley, and that'll make you, that'll show you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's like the, uh, <laughs> he's he's the, uh, there's the, the carrot, and Hazley's the stick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, moving on to another injury. Luis Garcia unfortunately needs Tommy John. Uh, that's that's pretty disappointing as I I liked him to have a very nice season as he's just kind of done throughout his career. They have filled in with, I mean, they've had all sorts of injuries, but J.P. France and Brandon Bielak, I think that's how you pronounce it, Bielak, Bielak. Uh, any interest in those guys? I mean, they've got a few other guys down in the minors, including the once heralded Forrest Whitley, who I think has a 90 array on the season currently. Uh <laughs> I mean, I guess if we're looking at these guys, France in AAA last year had a 390 area, 136 whip uh, in 110 innings. He had a 28% K rate and a 10% walk rate. That was 15 starts, and he pitched in 34 games. Are you interested in, in France? I, I'm, I don't think we really need to go into to Brandon Balak at all, but if you want to talk about him, we can. Um, I just don't think he brings the upside that, that most of our leagues are going to be needing. Yeah, no. Blaylock is like... He's uh, filler. Like, the they host, just need yeah, the, host, the, uh, <laughs> the, the co-host of Jeopardy right now. Yeah, I, I don't. Blaylock's not good. Um, they need... Astros need innings, so that's why they're, they're throwing him. Uh, and France, I don't know... France is interesting because, like, he's had good numbers in the uh, the minors, and he looked good in his first start. But he also kind of looks like a middle reliever. Uh, I almost wonder if, like, the Astros had just so many starters uh, in the majors, like, that were really good that for, you know, like, last year they were like, oh, let's see if France can be a middle reliever because we're never going to need them. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ooh. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> Oopsies. Uh, I don't know, man. He does not – like, his command is so bad, I feel like he's going to get plummeled, like, one of these days. Like, I don't I don't really buy – I don't – I don't trust France, to be honest. Like, maybe you could try and stream him, but, like, his command is just so wonky. I think it's going it, to – you're going to get killed. <laughs> you're not – it's not going to turn – it's not going to turn out well. Sorry. Yeah, I think that's I think that's pretty fair. I mean, there's never he's had one stop in the minors and that was for only 33 innings where he had a sub 10% walk rate. 10% is like the bare minimum of like what you would want for a starter. Like in if it's relievers, you can kind of be like, "Okay, they, you know, it's just a bad one here or there." Starters, you really got to get you, you should be like below an 8 even to be really be a, a starter here. He only had one walk in his, in his one outing so far. So that's, it's encouraging to see 
but I'm I'm with you. I'm not as uh, I'm not as excited about France as you know what we were talking about earlier with Miller. Um, I would say I would still take Bryce Elder over him. France does have some K upside, so if you're just chasing strikeouts and in, in streamer matchups, there's worse possibilities. But with that walk rate again, just know that if it's out, if it's if he doesn't have his stuff on point that day, it, it could turn out real bad real fast. Uh, moving on, Tyler O'Neill. He has a lower back strain, also known as being terrible at his job. Uh, Juan <laughs> yeah. Yepes got yeah, recalled. Talking about, about ineffective list. I mean, that is just that's a made up injury if I've ever heard it. It's like, oh yeah, he's got a uh, back. I do. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you do. <laughs> go sit on a table somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Go get a go get a massage while. We let the other guys play. <laughs> so Newt Bar has been startable. I, can you start any of the other three in a standard league? Like Carlson, Burleson, Yepes. I'm still waiting on them to just sit all those guys down and let Jordan Walker play every day. But until that happens, can can you start anybody but, but Newt Bar? Mm, no. <laughs> not, not really. No. I feel like we're I talking mean, about I, this I every like, other week. I mean, I like Brandon Donovan. <laughs> Probably in a 15-team mixed league, but even he's starting to uh, wear out his welcome for like 12-team mixed leagues in shallower. Um, Carlson, I don't know. I mean, he had a, I think he had a couple homers last week, so maybe he's got a hot bat right now. But in general, he's not good. And Burleson, I, I don't even know what that is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know where the Cardinals develop. I, like the Cardinals didn't need Burleson at all. Like, like why try and make him a thing when you have Jordan Walker? Like, it doesn't even make any sense. It's like, you look at their lineup and it's like, okay, Newt Bar, obviously, because he's good. And then Jordan Walker, because he's good. <laughs> and then you could figure out the, the last outfield spot from the other three guys. Like, that's so obvious. I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, so not not great. <laughs> All right. We'll move on from the Cardinals outfield as that's been a mess as predicted. Max Fried might not make his next start because he is working through things, as Brent Snedeker said. Uh, that gives us absolutely no idea what's happening, whether he's starting <laughs> so, Wednesday, Friday, never, whether he's going on at IL. Um, his last start was not good. He went six innings, five earned, or five earned runs, seven runs total, seven Ks, two walks. He had been good on the season up until that point for the most part, but this this doesn't sound like anything anything positive. Gray, I mean, what are we, you can't start Max Reed this week, right? No, I, yeah, I don't think so. <laughs> I I don't. I mean, what Snick, Snickers said. He's working through things. I mean, what is he? Is a guidance counselor? <laughs> what does that mean? Working through things like what? What? What's going on, man? That sounds like uh, he just got like uh, his mom is like on the phone. <laughs> it's like Max can't come right. He can't. He can't come out and play right now. I'm sorry. He's working through things. I don't know, man. I hopefully he's fine because his. 
his stats actually don't look bad. I mean, he looks like basically the pitcher we always thought he'd be. Like he's right now, he's got a two point zero eight ERA. <laughs> so I don't know. I hopefully he's healthy because he 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 was like he was injured earlier this year. So maybe that's what he means by working through things. Like maybe. It's like he's got his back is sore. I don't I don't know. But he, I mean his numbers look fine, so yeah, hopefully he's good. I don't know. Yeah, see the Braves had given him pixie dust that they give the pitchers, <laughs> and then when Freed didn't sign for ten years and two million dollars, they took mm-hmm. the pixie dust away. Now yeah. now he's going through things. Um so yeah, they we'll have see. A, uh, they have like a uh they have a, a, a five year $120 million contract on a fishing line and they just keep reeling <laughs> it in. And then once the player is close enough, they say, here's a 12 year, $3 million deal. <laughs> like, wait, <laughs> I was, wait a second. <laughs> oh yeah. That's uh that sounds about right. And I mean, I mean, he had been great. Like he had given up one run through four starts up until this point. So hopefully whatever's going on gets figured out and he works through them and, and everything's fine. But until we see whatever that is or get more information, I'm, I'm sitting him down this week, unfortunately. Um, let's go ahead and move over to bullpens, Gray. The Yankees bullpen's been kind of all over the place. And who are you, who are we going with here? Holmes hasn't had a save since April 12th. Hamilton, Ian Hamilton got a save Saturday. Michael King got a save Tuesday. Like, are we at a point that it's not Clay Holmes enough that you would potentially look at moving on from him? Or are you holding on to all three? What are you doing here in the Yankees? Yeah, no, if I, I mentioned earlier, I dropped Bryce Elder. If I could go back in time, I probably would have dropped uh, Clay Holmes from that team and kept Bryce Elder. Like, I think Clay Holmes is droppable in... 12-team mixed leagues and shallower. In a 15-team mixed league, I'd probably hold for another week or so to see if he can uh, Clay Holmes can fix himself. But right now, Clay Holmes is not in the closer pitcher. Like, I think he came in in the seventh inning on Sunday, uh, the eighth inning on Saturday. I think right now Michael King is the closer. Uh, he had gone an inning and two-thirds on Friday, and he got the save. And then Ian Hamilton came on Saturday and got the save because Michael King just couldn't go. And then in the close game, in the tie game, Michael King was used as the closer on Sunday. So I I believe Michael King is the closer. I'm pretty confident on that. I think probably if I were laying out the the bullpen chart, I would say Clay Holmes is in the seventh right now. Ian Hamilton is in the eighth and Michael King is in the ninth. That's obviously in flux, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I think Michael King's the guy right now. Yeah, I would I would tend to agree that it's Michael King, and they've they've said that they didn't want to necessarily have him go back to back yet because they they taxed him very hard last year, multiple inning relief role. So he may not go back to back, and and Hamilton may get some vultures there. But I think you're right. I think King moves to the front, Hamilton, and. Maranasio might be moving ahead of Holmes because he's been great too. Yeah. So Holmes and, – and really Holmes has had like three bad outings all year. So it's not like he's been absolutely awful. It's just that the others are 
surpassing him and being being yeah and also like and also the the yankees like i I mentioned this on the site the other day like the yankees are struggling to win games so they're not about to like have a lead in the ninth inning and lose anything like they're they're not in a position where they can give away games so clay holmes is i mean his you know margin for error was so minuscule as it was so yeah clay holmes wasn't terrible but he's out yeah yeah, I would agree. Moving on to the Cubs situation, it had been Brad, Brad Boxberger. He gave up runs his last two outings. Uh, Mark Leiter Jr. got the save on Friday. Albert Alzale got one on Saturday. Where are you at in the Cubs? I kind of thought they'd go Boxberger just because they wanted to move him, but they've actually been not... No, they've been pretty terrible. I'm not even going to pretend to say that. But Mark Leiter's been good. Like Leiter and Alzale have been good. It seems like Maybe they're just finally realizing that they just need to go with those guys. Where are you at on the Chicago situation? Yeah, I mean, the the Chicago situation is uh, interesting because, uh, you know, Alizé and Leader are both great, but I don't know how many save opportunities the Cubs are really going to get to be able to, like, carry two guys. So unless one pulls away and you have, like, a uh, <coughs> – excuse me – and you have like an Alex Lang of the Tigers type situation where it's like a bad team, but a, uh, a good closer. So unless one guy pulls away, it's not really a great situation. I, you know, I grabbed uh, Alize, uh, uh in one league, like a 15 team mixed league. I grabbed him for like, I want to say under ten dollars uh, in Fab out of a thousand. So you know, I mean, he's fine. I, I like actually he's not he's better than fine he's good it's just I don't know if he's gonna really get saves and then you know same with sort of like Mark Leader situation where he looks great but how many saves is he gonna get uh, I don't know man you know I would say probably rest of the season I would put their saves at uh, you know maybe like fifteen saves versus ten saves uh, you know and. You know, flip a coin for which guy gets the 15 and which guy gets the 10. Yeah, I I would agree. I think it's kind of back and forth between them. Uh, I will say, if you're in in a 12-team or shallower, like you said, I don't think you can necessarily roster these guys. I do think in deeper leagues, you can definitely run lighter out there, even if he's not necessarily getting full-time save opportunities, because he's just been great. Like, he's had a a 1-1-3 ERA a sub one whip. He has 25 strikeouts and 16 innings. So just getting those peripherals and those strikeouts, you can do worse things in deep leagues without getting saves. But in in 10 and 12 team leagues, relief pitchers need to be getting saves if you're rostering them. Yeah. All right, moving on. AJ Puck had the opportunity to be the closer. He blew his save on Saturday after a bad outing on Thursday as well. Dylan Floro's been good this year. He blew the save on Sunday. Uh, Brazzaban's also been good. He has 21 innings, 25 Ks, 214 ERA, and 114 whip. Is there anybody in this bullpen that you think is is taking this job? It seems like every time we think somebody is ready, they go out and blow a save. Uh, yeah, I think Puck's still the guy. Uh, you know, his, his stats look great. It's just he did blow... Like uh, Thursday and Saturday, like you said, then he looked fine on Sunday. Yeah, I mean, I would be, you know, I mean, in deeper leagues, 
this matters. In shallower leagues, it's puck and no one else. Uh, in deeper leagues, I would probably, you know, look at Florio and Brazaban uh, as potential like handcuffs. But for now, I think it's still AJ Puck's job. Yeah, I would tend to agree since nobody's, again, nobody's taking it. Every time they get an opportunity, they cough it back up. So I would still put Puck at the first, but I would give him the committee tag and who knows what's going to happen moving forward. Um, Puck's numbers have gone from like elite to still good. Again, that's like two outings from a reliever. That's just what happens early in the season. So I, I still think he's sitting at the top four now. But pick up Floro. I think it's Floro first and then Brazban if we're, if we're you know, putting them in order. Uh, Andrew Chafin gave up a bunch of runs Saturday. He blew a save. Three earned runs versus Washington. Do you think that there's anybody in this bullpen that could potentially give him a run for that, that closer job? It's kind of another one where nobody really seems like they have pitched well enough to even take advantage of Chafin's kind of messed up. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, Chafin is, I, all I can think of is jean shorts when I hear the word <laughs> Chafin. <laughs> Jorts. Um, I think he's, I think he's still the closer, but like you said, he hasn't been great recently. Uh, for now, I think he's the closer, but I, I think Castro could give him a, a run for the job at some point, but yeah, I mean, Castro hasn't exactly been great either. I mean, his ERA looks okay, I guess, 3.60, but, I mean, he's not striking out anyone. He's not really, like, he's not showing closer stuff right now. So, I guess Chafin is the guy still. Uh, but, yeah, he, he he really hurt me the other day with that. What was it, like, three, five earned runs? Something awful. I think it was three earned, five total. Oh, it was so bad. <laughs> it know? was really bad. It was a bad week for blow-up save, blow-up closers. Everybody kind of tagged yeah. the different guys. The whole Philly situation has been bad for like three weeks. Can't get them to stop blowing up saves. So that's just been a headache to chase as well. I will say Kyle Nelson is maybe the one guy who has has performed this year, but he's a lefty. I don't know if the Diamondbacks want to use him in that role. So that would be my... Well, hesitation Shape, on saying Chapin's a lefty too, but you know, for whatever it's worth. But yeah, yeah. that's fair. Yeah. So that would be the one guy to maybe pay, take a look at. Uh, Joe Mantiplik just came back from injury, and he's been an acceptable reliever in his time before. So another guy that could potentially do it. Nelson's kind of a multi-inning guy as well for them. So I think it's still Chafin, and I, I wouldn't really make a move unless you're in a deep league and you're you're just constantly speculating. Uh, Fairbanks is still out for Tampa Bay. Jason Adam has been filling in for the time being. Um, Colin Poche has also been very good there. Ryan Thompson. Uh, Fairbanks was on the field Saturday playing catch before the game with the Yankees, so hopefully he's not out too long. But do you think maybe it's potentially a situation where, I mean, Tampa Bay is always a committee, but is Jason, Jason Adam worth rostering long-term? Yeah, I, Jason Adam, you know... The Rays problem with the uh, well, it's not really a problem. Uh, it's a problem for fantasy for us, owners. Yes. Yeah, it's a it's a problem for us because I mean, all their guys are good. It really <laughs> they, is. It kind of sucks. It's really, just like they, 
They plant a, a, a they plant like a hair from Raleigh Fingers' mustache in the ground and just water it, and you know Jason Adam just appears, <laughs> or Colin Poche, or you know Fairbanks. Uh, yeah, I mean their closers, their relievers are great. So I mean they're all kind of worth rostering in deeper leagues because they're all so good. In shallower leagues, it's probably Jason Adam is the only speculative guy I would go right now until Fairbanks is back. And then once Fairbanks is back in shallower leagues, I just, I would move on from Jason Adam, even though he's been great. Yeah. I think that's pretty much how I would go at it again. If you want to run Adam, Adam out there, I don't think that's the worst idea because it's Tampa Bay. So Fairbanks can come out in the seventh, eighth, ninth. It doesn't matter. He just, whenever they want him to come out and that could leave Adam with some saves and his numbers again, have been very solid K-rate's not absolutely elite, but anything over, you know, 10K per nine is always pretty solid for, for any pitcher. Moving on to waivers, Gray, let's give some peop- the people some names to look at on, on as they're filling in their their lineups this week, and then we'll get out of here. Uh, yeah, okay. So there's uh, Lourdes Goriel Jr. has been hitting. I think he had, like, four homers in the last five games, something like that, uh, as of Monday. So he's been, like, hitting well. And, you know, for people who don't remember or who are not paying that close attention, he was a guy who I really liked going into last year. Then he had a – he was injured and he had an off year. So while Lords Goriel Jr. is someone who I would grab off of waivers in every league right now because he's hot, he actually could be a guy who could have long-term appeal. So that's one guy. Nick Senzel, I think, is probably going to be injured by the time I finish this sentence. <laughs> now, he, now he's still he's still healthy, according to uh, what I'm reading on the news. But yeah, I, I I like Nick Senzel for like average and a little bit of power, very very uh, minute amount of power, but good on average. He's okay. I mean, he's fine. Uh, Hanser. Alberto has been hot, um, and he's been playing, but Mancada is due back soon. And for whatever reason, the White Sox can never stop playing Mancada. <laughs> that's that's somewhere in their like the, the their, their rider when they arrive to a a new when a new manager arrives to the clubhouse. They have a rider there that says "Must play Mancada." I, I don't understand it completely, but. Alberto's been hitting, though, while he's playing, so that's a uh, pickup. And then um, Taylor Walls has been hitting now for, like, two or three weeks, maybe longer. I mean, he's been hitting basically the whole year, so he's been good. Uh, And then uh, Lamonte Wade Jr. has also been pretty good, uh, you know, uh, for the Giants. He's been playing just about every day. And, you know, when he's out of the lineup, it's probably for the best because he's facing they're facing a tough guy. So, yeah, Lamonte Wade Jr. has been decent. I I actually picked him up in some shallower leagues. He's been good. Nice. Yeah, that's some names to keep an eye out. Uh, as always, thank you for listening. You can follow us wherever you get your podcasts, rate and review. You can watch us on YouTube.com slash Rasball Fantasy. you have specific questions, you can leave them in the comments there. Or find us on Twitter. I am at Raz Beaton. Gray is the owner of the at Razball account. Until next week, Gray, have a good one. Lates.